Oh, hey guys. Hi, this is Connor My Blaine. name is Connor Bland, and I'm your host for the Prepare for, for Impact, Impact podcast. podcast. Whoa, Connor, your voice is really uh, <laughs> changed a bit. All Today right. we're talking about is evangelism versus discipleship. Here we are in the Prepare for Impact studio uh, this week, and we've got all four of us again. We're glad to have Lydia back. Uh, we didn't record last week because she was busy doing some uh, local mission work. Um, yeah, which, why, why record if Lydia's not here? That's, that's, amen. The, that's the pivotal question. Amen to that. Happy Monday, everybody. Here we are. But that's it's Friday, Friday for you. Friday, yeah, Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday, Friday everyone. Happy Friday, everybody. Here we <laughs> are. Great. Here we are. We haven't recorded in over a week, so I'm just kind of... Evangelism discipleship. Yes, that's where evangelism we're discipleship. Okay, I don't know that I have much of a starting opinion on that. Does, uh, Josh, do you have something that you it. seemed like you had a pretty strong stance as far as the uh, the starting of it? Well, as a, as a mission organization, I feel like naturally the line of work that we're in would imply evangelism as far as seeking to bring new people into the kingdom, seeking to introduce Jesus to people, to share the gospel with people so that they Mm -hmm. will then take that on and embrace that, which usually falls under the category of evangelism. Right. Yeah, but I think actually probably the first thing as I'm sitting here thinking, the first thing we should probably do is how about we define evangelism and discipleship. So evangelism is kind of what Josh was just talking about. The, you know, the, implication of that you are bringing people into the kingdom right and that you're um that you're ministering to others with the goal with the purpose of bringing them to christ right that's evangelism in a in a summed up very short statement would you guys agree with that um and then discipleship is at least in my mind is the next step after evangelism where it's one thing when we have these, you know, like altar calls and there's a bunch of people that come forward and, you know, give their life to Christ or whatever. But it's the next step after that where we train those people and equip those people with the tools that they need in order to uh, fulfill the gospel and continue to evangelize to other people. Or become more like Jesus. Right. I mean, discipleship is becoming a disciple of Jesus, right? And so it's one thing to have faith in Christ. It's the next thing to become like Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that's how they would follow on for me. Yeah. Um, Faith, faith in Christ, become like Christ. But I think also becoming like Christ, even if you're not specifically evangelizing, it is evangelistic because people can see the difference in how you live your life. True, true. Evangelism so can kind happen of a through discipleship. That's true. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to throw a wrench in the whole thing and say I think we shouldn't separate the two. Okay. Oh. I think that inherently evangelism is incomplete if there is not discipleship involved. Well, and mm. okay, so I agree, but part of that <laughs> agreement is when is a question of when does conversion actually happen? Well, and I think that's part of the problem is we have overemphasized the conversion moment. Right, saying the say, prayer or whatever. When have you said the sinner's prayer, okay, you're a Christian, our work is done, mm-hmm. go do your thing. When I, I don't think that's actually true evangelism, I think. And I, I think that evangelism has come about as a, as a term in a sense of simply looking for that sinner's prayer moment of, mm. here, I'm going to share the gospel with you. Now, if you say these words... My job here is done. 
you're a Christian. I'm going to go leave now. And I know that the, the, that, the crusade type of style, Billy Graham, altar calls, hundreds of people coming to Christ at the same time. Thousands. Thousands. thousands yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm not trying to discount that because I think those are really powerful. And I, I think those type of events are really important for mm. the beginning of discipleship. But I just I think it's incomplete if that's all that someone receives. If someone receives the gospel and it's, all right, you said this prayer, that's it. All right, we're done. I just, I don't think that's complete evangelism. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, I don't, we have this talk sometimes about salvation, whether you can receive, like lose your salvation or things Mm -hmm. like that, or when you Mm -hmm. receive it, when are you saved? How do you know if you're saved? Sure. And I think that comes out of that, that questioning and doubting comes Mm -hmm. out of an overemphasis of a, if this moment you have been saved. And I think we overemphasize a time Mm -hmm. that you start becoming a Christian. Whereas I think there's a journey that we engage with that you begin to follow Jesus. And if you continue to choose to be in that journey with him, then you're with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Either you're walking with Jesus or like, yeah, but, and so, but I think that's a continuum. I think there's Mm -hmm. a continuing process that discipleship has to be part of. And I don't think it's just a one and done type of moment. Sure. I, I think that you're right, but be, the reason the split happens is is that at least the people that I know who are gifted in evangelism mm-hmm. are oftentimes the people who are, and it's not meant to be a jab or it's not meant to be a negative thing, but they're the shallow relations type people where they have their, you know, they have their friends that they're deep in relationship with, but part of their gifting is, is that they're really great at making connections with a lot of people quickly like and, at the supermarket. Right, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? You know, like I went to the Hillsong concert, you know, on Saturday, and at the end they do this altar call thing, which for a lot of people in that room who are probably already Christians if they're buying tickets to go to a worship concert, mm-hmm. right. um, but that there are some people that were dragged along or whatever, like they even reference that, like some of you might just be here because somebody dragged you along. and Or, or they the, saw the movie. Right, or they saw the movie, or they even talked to, like, at the beginning of the set, they wanted to thank, like, the security people who were there, who aren't necessarily Christian because they're just contracted for security for the Pepsi Center. So, which I thought was really cool that they mentioned that, because those are probably most likely the non-believers in the room would Mm -hmm. be the the people who are just there because it's their job. Um, But because they can't, I mean, there was 12,000 people in the Pepsi Center that night. So they're not going to be able to go to everything, even though I think that there are probably quite a few people in Hillsong United who are very good at discipling others. They just don't have the capacity when they're selling out the Pepsi Center to be able to say, yeah, like, uh, sure. Talk one on one. Right, right. You can't. So, and that's why I think the split happens where it's not, I don't think when you take it as just the words, like evangelism should lead into discipleship. hundred percent. I agree with that. But you can't usually expect the people who evangelize in that way, like the altar call way, whether it's Billy Graham or whoever, you know, like Billy Graham was a great evangelist, maybe not the world's best discipler of every single person that came to his crusades or whatever they call them. I think it was crusades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bad word in Christian ease now, but, um, international Christian, ease. international Christian, ease, sure. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my perspective when it comes to, uh, that kind of stuff, that there are definitely people who are very gifted, but it's hard to 
have both of those giftings in, or I guess the ability to complete those giftings in a setting such as that. There are, there's definitely one-on-one evangelists out there, which should lead to no, discipleship. And I think, I don't want to discount those people's gifts because I think it's so important to be able to have that initial conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm not, I'm not that person yeah. that like sits down next to someone in an airplane is like, all yeah. right, it's time to talk, you know? Do you know like, the Lord? I'd love to introduce you. <laughs> you know? yeah, so I actually I, don't like those people very much yeah. Yeah. when I'm sitting in I, an airplane. That's yeah. funny. All four of us are like that, I think. I mean, it's, it's true. And, it's, and quality time is our thing. Right. right. But, but, but I'm like, like qual- quality me, yeah. time also means that you have a relationship beforehand. Yeah. Like yeah. just yeah. sitting right. down with somebody that, is yeah. not necessarily quality time. Because Enneagram wise, you know, Jeff and I are nines. I might be a four. Um, anyway, I don't think of getting quality time with strangers necessarily. I'm either a nine wing one or a wing nine. Now, if I have a 12 hour, you know, ride next to somebody on the plane who's talking my ear off, I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll have a conversation with you about my faith. But like, yeah, no, yeah, when it's, which is what scares a lot of young people away from wanting to even be in missions to begin with. Like I, you know, I talk with my little brother who's 21 now and i'm like do you want to do like some kind of short-term mission trip thing he's like no i don't feel like i can just go up to people and tell them about god and i was like that's literally just the surface of anything in missions much less being a missionary right you know there are so many missionaries that are so uncomfortable with that evangelism portion which is why i respect people a lot like josh was saying who can do that initial conversation but it's very difficult to find those kind of people who can do both. I, I think it takes a body. Like, and that's the point of the church is to be able to like start a conversation, continue that conversation. It's like when somehow you, when you start connecting to a whole family and so like you'll get to know the husband and the wife who are different people and maybe there's kids involved, whatever it is, like you mm-hmm. need more than one person to foster a good relationship and a long term mm-hmm conversation about really big things like salvation so it does take the whole body to be able to walk through that process not just start a conversation and then it it takes everything i don't like josh said i think it's you shouldn't exclude any of them in the conversation yes i don't think it's my gifting to evangelize but discipleship is something that i'm really passionate about so I need to be able to help people who have those gifts. We need to work together to make those things sustainable and last longer than just a quick conversation. Yeah. Which well, is, think, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think I, it, it could be a both end thing. Cause I think a lot of times we're talking about salvation being a point in time, but mm-hmm. I also think there's, there's a lot of scripture and it's uncomfortable scripture for people who think that salvation's a point in time because there's that working out your salvation kind of thing, or mm-hmm. those who are being saved. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of scripture that points to this, that salvation is a process. It's a pathway. Mm-hmm. It begins with an introduction to Jesus. It begins with a faith in Jesus, but it doesn't just end there. It sure. continues from there and grows from there. So, you know, I'm not sure you know, what what people's doctrinal stances are as far as uh, salvation goes. But I think there's enough scripture to at least keep an open mind toward that this is not a one and done thing. This is a continual growing process. Mm -hmm. And that I agree with Josh that discipleship and evangelism are kind of, in a sense, the same thing. Evangelism is just 
a a bigger i mean uh, discipleship is just uh, it's just more of the path mm -hmm. where we we think of salvation as being this point in time but mm -hmm. really it's an introduction to jesus it's it's a faith in jesus that grows right and so then we you know i mean what there are other questions down the road where you can get kind of it gets a little scary because well what happens if you know you take a right turn or left turn or you stop having faith in jesus or whatever yeah then we want to fall back into calvinism or arminianism and you know then it gets really doctrinally messy yeah but i think most of us who are on the path want to continue on that path mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we want to grow and we want to be discipled and we want to see our faith go deeper and deeper it's just there are right. these little side issues that can can cause us to argue or split yeah. and i don't think that that's healthy but i think i yeah i i truly think that that's why it's when you when you get into this discussion you kind of yeah. have to understand what we mean by what's evangelism right and 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 what's discipleship mm -hmm. and i just was going to say on the whether it's billy graham or hillsong or or any event type um salvation is you know i, I some for some people that is the day and mm -hmm. they'll point back to that mm -hmm. day after a life full of service and say yeah. That is when I met Jesus, and I was on this path ever mm -hmm. since. But other people will have met Jesus, quote unquote, um, air quotes. You can't see those, but uh, mm -hmm. met Jesus at that time, and their lives didn't change. And that, mm -hmm. yes, they they said a prayer or they made a commitment, but that didn't change their life. That they didn't stay on that path. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many of you remember Chuck Colson, but he was in government for a while, but wrote wrote several pretty books of a lot of impact within the church mm -hmm. but in one of them i can't remember which one it was um but he talks about a gangster that came to faith you know said the sinner's prayer became a christian but then just kept living his gangster life and he thought yeah. well you know and so when somebody talked to him later they said well how you know how how come things haven't you know you're not you're not like acting like a christian he goes well Oh, I was just covering my bases, you know, I wanted to be, you know. yeah. so I, I'm thinking, okay, well, was that an honest thing or, you know, I mean, sure. so I think there, there's a lot of room for yeah. question of how this actually works out, but. Well, mm. I, and that's, so I'm going to maybe be a little controversial here, but say that I think we have focused too heavily on whether you're going to heaven or hell Yeah. and the yeah. whole, oh, I'm just checking my fire insurance. Right. and making well, sure yeah. that I'm not going to burn in hell, but, you know, that's oh, all I'm no. trying to get out. I'm just trying to get out of hell. You know, and, and is that really the point of the gospel? And I don't think that, I think that's the cheap version of the gospel to say, well, if you believe this, then you won't go to hell. Right. I think that is short change of the gospel by a vast amount. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, I, I think the true, the the better end of the gospel is an invitation to partake in the gift of the kingdom yeah. that we get to have now. Mm -hmm. That's not a, where are you going to go when you're dying? Yeah. Right. But what are you partaking in now? Right. How what are you serving now? How are you loving now? Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. not just what are you doing, but what are you receiving from God right now? Well, yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. get to enjoy as far as the gift of his presence and his grace? Well, yeah. And without it getting too, you know, down the theology path of all that kind of stuff and everything. But just that the funny thing to me when those kind of arguments, if you will, come up where it's like, well, 
God says we don't have to do anything. Like, you know, like it's, you know, like you have the point right. and after that, but the thing is, is that if you truly have accepted Christ in that moment, there's nothing you won't do to continue to serve him and pursue your faith and do works as a natural progression in that. So the people are like, well, I don't, you know, just like it's, I'm doing the, Sorry. Waving the hands. No, it's the it's the all, <laughs> all done, done. All done, done sign all language done. that we do all for done. my daughter. Yeah, yeah right, it's just like right. it's like, yep, just all done. Um and it's it's just funny to me that there that that argument has even existed that it's like, well, I could believe and not do any works and still get into heaven. Okay, but that then are you truly believing like the the transformational power of who God is in you? Like if you really have that you're going to do something. Like, I think all of us here, you know, we didn't take the vow of poverty being missionaries here in the, <laughs> sorry, we didn't take the vow of poverty. We are very fortunate for what we have. But just that, like, people who become missionaries, it's because they've been transformed by that, or most of us. Not, not everybody. Choosing to surrender. Right. Choosing to surrender what, you know, the opportunities that we could have pursued. Jeff is an air traffic controller, and you as... I don't know what you did before missions. Oh, did I was going to be a pilot. Oh, gonna be great. that's awesome. You could be a missionary pilot. Uh, you know, that's what another thing I was considering. <laughs> I was considering yeah. being a missionary pilot. M- Moody has that school for that, or they used yeah. to. Well, um, I, was, I went to Laterno for that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so anyway, um, one thing just kind of bringing us back to the evangelism <laughs> discipleship question, because it, it is, I think it is necessary to have that conversation we just did. But when we're talking now, like a little bit about kind of the, the both words individually, as I've thought about it more, it's interesting to think about how, in my mind, you could evangelize, quote unquote, in discipleship, but I don't know so much, and that's probably what you're referring to, is, is that, you know, in, in our culture, in our reference to the words, you wouldn't think that somebody who's evangelizing is necessarily discipling, but somebody who's discipling is evangelizing. So it's interesting how both words have different meaning just naturally to us right i think it's i think it's our perception because i think they're way more synonymous than we give it Mm -hmm. credit for um that's kind of how like the new testament lines it out it doesn't say just like first there's evangelism and then there's discipleship and Mm -hmm. then there's sending out you know like it's not like a process which is kind of how we look at it because we're humans and we like processes and checklists of saying, okay, evangelized, well, Jays check. Do. <laughs> well, I think also human beings like to be able to know. <laughs> Some of us are not too do, into referring to like, Myers. We like categories. We like categories. We like being able to. Right. Like, that's true. That's true. Like how even the talk of when salvation happens, it is called the mystery of the gospel. It is not called right. the solidity. Like it's not like right. oh this right. is. It's not so cut and dry. It's not right. cut and dry and. No matter what, salvation is always in the hands of God, and he's a mysterious being that lives out of time, that sees everything way better than we can. And in our human brains, we try to make it a process and make it a, okay, first step, said the prayer. Second step, you know, whatever. Join a church. Right? Join, Join a, a church. Bible. Yeah, yeah right. whatever it is. If you don't do those things, like, oh, you got evangelized. Daily and then... devotions. Right. Yeah. 
Especially people who love like following a list of rules. Right, I mean, it's right. you know, you grow up with those Lego kits that you get, and it had the page by page instruction language. What you right. do? How you build yeah. your faith? Right. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's what people yeah. sometimes yeah. expect the well, Bible to be, because it's and like it works I mean, for it works for some people that yeah. that makes sense to them. You yeah. Know, because yeah. it it they need a they need something to follow, and I think all of us need that in some in some ways in some parts of our faith. So it doesn't. It's not necessarily intuitive. Yeah. Well, and I think it's Jesus so countercultural. Jesus mm-hmm. did hand us truths that are like that, right. where it is like, here is your little Lego instruction mm-hmm. manual. What that, but there's also so much gray area in between everything. Sure. And it doesn't so apply to every situation. No, it doesn't. Well, culturally, there's hardly anything we can attribute to Jesus's culture when he was alive to our culture, right? just culturally. But the truths obviously transcend culture. So we can take those out, but it takes the time. You know, it takes the discipleship. It takes the... But it also, yeah, just realizing that it's very different for each individual. I mean, I was, before we came in here, I Googled disciple, just Googled it straight out. And 8.9 million results are on Google for the word disciple. But then you do making disciples and that cuts it in half to about 4.2 million results. So even then, it's not easy to decipher how, you know, even with, you know, Google being, there's probably a lot of Bible context in there, but there's individuals who have studied it and done it their own way as well. But I think that because one of the first things we have to do, as we've referenced in this so far, is is you have to go against what you're thinking in your mind Mm -hmm. as far as what evangelism or discipleship is, just right off the bat. So... I want to bring in uh, sort of in the Bible, you know. Let's talk about Jesus. All right. Oh, right, just right. an example of how he agents, approached so. evangelism and discipleship at the same time. Uh, the story of the rich young ruler that mm-hmm. approaches him and says, uh, "What must I do to be saved?" Which is an interesting question in itself. Um, to inherit eternal life. To I inherit think. eternal life. Or You're the right. Kingdom, right. That's what so to have eternal life. What must I do to have eternal life? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus says, you know, he lists out some of the Ten Commandments. And the the guy says, oh, I've done all these things since I was young. And then Jesus says, go and sell all you have and follow me. So, But in, in paraphrasing, that would be surrender everything, give everything up to follow me, become my disciple in a sense, be with me. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, you know, and walks away thinking he can't do that. Like that's too much. Yeah. And Jesus says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? Right. Which in, And that's so interesting that it's entering the kingdom mm-hmm. and... It's not it's not about salvation or a moment of when is your soul secure, but it's mm-hmm. Jesus is asking him to embark on him with a journey to right. to, yeah. to let everything else go to follow Jesus. So and, and I think we throw around the word surrender a lot, but surrender is not for the sake of sur- like it's not just surrender for surrender's sake, yeah. but it's surrendering to follow Jesus at the cost of everything. It's right. a sacrifice. Right. Yeah. And, and something else to think of on top of that, which you guys wouldn't know, but this morning we're, you know, in chapel, we had our, which was awesome. We had our maintenance guy, Scott, talk, uh, give a, give Shout a, out to Scott. Yeah. Shout out to Scott. Yeah. Gave a, a, a sermonette, if you will, um, just talking about the, the verse of like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, blah, blah, blah. I shall not want was the part that he Psalm focused on. The right, Lord Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Yeah, shall I shall not, shall not want. But that in and of itself is is kind of the, you know, it's the rich, it, it ties directly into that as far as like mm-hmm. how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom? Because that's, that is something that we probably all don't think about, or at least I should just say for myself, when I was sitting there listening to 
Scott speak, it was about the idea of like, I shall not want. And how, of course, there are lots of things every day that we want. And especially mm -hmm. in a marketed world that we live in where you're exposed to hours and hours of advertisements every single day. And and everything that you don't have that you should want to have. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Create a need, need to exactly. have. And then find a way yeah. to meet the need. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, whether That's that was marketing. Netflix or, you know, started out as shipping DVDs in the mail and now it's binged every day by millions of Americans. And people around the world. It's not even just Americans. Oh, yeah. So what I want to say just kind of as the ending to all of this is that we would love to hear your guys' opinions on this. Um, we know that we are only four of however many people watch or listen, sorry, not watch, listen to our podcast. So we would love to hear your guys' opinions on the things that we talked about today. Um, evangel evangelism versus discipleship. You can even touch on, as we touched on a little bit, the salvation stuff that we know that we don't agree with everybody. You all don't agree with us, but we would love to hear regardless what your guys' thoughts are after listening to this. So can we I, thank you guys so much. Can I throw much. out a challenge? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So in, in, in light of this conversation and maybe even considering your own walk of discipleship, is there anything that you're holding back that you're saying, I don't want to let go of this mm -hmm. in order to follow Jesus? And it can be anything. For the, for the rich young ruler, it was his riches, his finances, whatever. Yeah. But I think we have all sorts of different things that for sure. we're holding on to that we say, I don't want to let go of this. Mm -hmm. Right. In a sense, those become idols in our lives. Those are things that we're worshiping, that we're putting in front of God yeah. or response or obedience or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, it's a great challenge. Yeah. So let us know uh, if you guys felt like you thought of that something you were able to, like, we would love to hear the testimony that has come from Josh's challenge. If you guys feel like that's impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. Love to hear from you regardless. You can always find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go to our website, prepareforimpact.life, which has all of our episodes of Prepare for Impact and The Sip. But for now, we thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys on Monday for another episode of The Sip. Have a good weekend. Hey, hey. Bye-bye.